Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Super Bowl 54 is set. Kansas City Chiefs taking on the San Francisco 49ers here with a special Action Network podcast. To break it all down, I am Chris Raybon, joined by the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. Stucky, what up? 49ers, underdogs by a point, total 53. What's going on? How you feeling about the Super Bowl? Look, a narrative you're going to hear this week is a Super Bowl has never closed at a pick. Who cares? And the reason I bring that up, if you lost money today, I lost money today. I was firing on the under in San Fran live. It's all I wanted. And like the game played out how I wanted. San Fran gets a lead. They run it a billion times. And that's, that's what happened. And there happened to be some big plays and blah, blah, blah. Didn't hate that play. You know, then I took some, some Chiefs live, but then I ended up taking some live under in the fourth quarter and they hit that big play. But whatever. So I lost some money. Just don't fire on the Super Bowl right now. Just don't. Because it opened a pick. It might go to one and a half either way, right? It's going to bounce around in the dead zone. I will say, if you wake up and you're listening to this and it's three either way, take it. You know, if you see Chiefs plus three, take it. If you see 49ers plus three, take it. Right? Like, that's how close this game is. Um, And I don't think either three would last. I don't even think we'd get there either way. Um, But my main point is, there's two weeks to go. Save it for Siena basketball. My father's going to talk about on a Monday night. So that's my initial reaction. But I think that at the end of the day, Ravens or Chiefs, best teams in the AFC. Niners, best overall team in the NFC. So we got a great matchup. And then we're going to have two weeks to break down the best defense in the NFL versus the best offense in the NFL. So it'll be fun two weeks. I, you know, I actually did fire on the Super Bowl, but I did it because I was prepared, like, for the matchups. And You're I had emotionally it. firing on it is what I'm saying. Oh, no, yeah. I have it. So I have it as a pick, and I'll explain why. But I, I did get it at San Francisco plus one and a half, and it started moving back toward one. So that's kind of why um, I wanted to grab it then because, like you said, it might end up closing back at a pick. I don't know if it gets to three either way. But the reason I have it as a pick, and I, I really do truly think this is a coin flip game, is because it could come down to something as simple as who wins the opening coin toss or who gets the ball first because I think both of these teams you know Kansas City the slow starts they you don't want to get off to a slow start against this this San Francisco team like more than any other team I think San Francisco is more dangerous than Tennessee in that not only you know do they have the run game but they have essentially the best defense in the week it's not going to be quite as easy for the Chiefs to come back however on the other side of that is if the Chiefs have the most explosive offense in the league if they get up, let's say, 7 nothing, this 49er team is going to be in a spot that, you know, they've shown they can win a shootout against New Orleans, 48-46, but you still don't want to be in a shootout in this, against this Patrick Mahomes offense. You don't want to – you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, barely threw the ball in this postseason, let's be honest, and now it's going to be essentially like a month since he had meaningful pass attempts, you know, uh, uh, you know 30-plus pass attempts in a game when the Super Bowl comes. So I think both – Are you a Giants fan? 
Yeah, but you, you like, just see Eli Manning very well, right? Oh yeah, that's Jimmy G. Exactly. Right. I mean, no, he's better. Like he's better than Eli Manning. But and this offense with Kyle Shanahan, with Kittle, all those guys. We're not offense, talking about the whole team. Yeah, we're talking but, about who Jimmy yeah. G is. He can win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and this game has some parallels. Like if you look at how these high-powered offenses like the Chiefs, how they tend to go down in Super Bowls. It's teams with the, that can get pressure with a four-man rush and hold up on the back end, which is what San Fran can do. But I still think I would worry if they got out to an early lead. So have it as a pick. Got San Fran plus one and a half. We'll see how the line moves throughout the week. But right now, most books I'm seeing, it's, it's Casey by a point with a total of 53. We're going to break this whole game down. But by, and then we'll talk about the both championship games before we get out of here. But my initial conundrum is Patrick Mahomes is an elite quarterback, elite in every sense. I don't think Jimmy G is. Maybe he will no. develop into that. But he reminds me – the weirdest thing, the weirdest thing is that I tweeted out that he's Eli Manning. People argue in the bars that he should be a Hall of Fame quarterback. You could argue that because of the rings. Jimmy G could win multiple rings. He hasn't proved to me that he's an elite quarterback yet, right? Like, there's a reason that San Fran gets a lead. They have a great defense, and they just sit on it. Part of that is they have a great defense. Part of that they can run the ball. But when there's a game that's a pick in a Super Bowl, like part of me says I want to back who I know is the superior quarterback, right? But then I look at this Chiefs defense. It's still garbage. And people, we're going to break all this down, every single play after the bye. People want to say the Chiefs defense has improved past defense, which I have said. But people have taken it to extreme, like the Chiefs past defense is good. We've already talked about Thornhill, their safety is out. But go back and look who they played, right? They played the Broncos in a blizzard. They played Mitch Bortles. Like, and when they get a lead, the defense is good. You have guys like Frank Clark Clown, by the way, for calling out Henry. But you have, you have guys who can blitz the quarterback. And you have a defense if they can sit back with a lead. Once they get a lead, their defense looks okay because you know they're going to throw it. And you make an offense one-dimensional. It all works in harmony when the Chiefs are leading. And they finally got the lead. And their defense starts to look better. But if you look at all the parts and in the beginning of these games, you can move the ball on them. And now, if the Chiefs get behind, like you alluded to earlier, this isn't the Texans' secondary. This isn't the Titans' secondary, right? You get on 14 nothing, but this is what the 49ers feast on. So, as you also said, key could, all, could be the coin toss because the 49ers live on a lead, right? And the Chiefs have been living on who cares if we're behind because we're playing these garbage AFC secondaries. We avoided the Patriots. We avoided the Ravens. So that's the conundrum because I have the better quarterback, but the Chiefs' defense is really bad. So yeah. that's what we have to break down over the next two weeks. It should be fascinating, and it could come down to a player too. And, you know, it's interesting because the Chiefs definitely have the best, I think, overall like, unit in this game, which is their pass offense. However, the 49ers' def- pass defense is right there. And then the 49ers' run game, as they showed today, and let's see, like, Tevin Coleman, I mean, that shoulder injury didn't look good. Uh, he came back on the sideline with, with his arm in a sling, so that's something to monitor. But, uh, you know, he most more than proved capable uh, of carrying the load. They still have Matt Breida. This 49ers' run game, because yeah, of George Kittle. backs. They're all Right, fun. because of Kyle Juszczyk, because of that line. Re- let's remember that the one bad unit, in this game, like involved in this game is the Kansas City run defense. And that's, you know, they played a great game against Derrick Henry today, sure, but that was the Titans and that was a, still a one-dimensional team with Ryan Tannehill. Like, Jimmy G's better than Ryan Tannehill. This offense has more weapons. So you do worry about that. And again, that's why I say, you know, it's, it's really about who gets the lead. So do you think this spread really does get to three either way? I no. honestly don't think it will. No, I don't think it does. I mean, the, the interesting thing is that 
when I look back at the AFC at both championship games today, and this is how important one play is in a game. People don't understand how big one play. We talked all week about the only way the Packers could win this game, right? What did I preach? I wrote about they got to get a lead early, right? You have to get a lead. That's you're only good, and you're only good in the first quarter, and you have to force Jimmy G into turnovers. One play took all three of those possible scenarios out by punting at fourth and one at midfield. First of all, you punt, you don't get a lead. You're in the first quarter driving, and good night. Everything, you're not getting turnovers. Jimmy G is third eight times. One play, fourth and one. You don't go for it there. You deserve to lose. Titans, by the way, played it aggressively. Fourth and one, they went for it. They ended up scoring a touchdown, right? The Chiefs still came back to win, but you know when that game flipped? And I go back and forth on this, and I want your opinion on it. Chiefs score, they kick it off to the Titans, and the Titans get the ball with, what, two, three minutes to go? And they know that they're up three or four, and they have 250, I think, and the Chiefs are going to get the ball and start the second half. So there's a conundrum here. It's like, all right, I know I got to waste clock because the Chiefs are going to get the ball if I don't get it, but it's still the Chiefs' defense, and then also it's Mahomes. He might not need much time. But I also have Derrick Henry. So, like, running it first and second down usually is bad there. But I still have Derrick Henry. So, I can't fault Rabel that much. Because it's not like you're handing it, you know, to a scrub back. But looking back, and at the time, I was contemplating. I, I, I don't really blame Rabel. I said, look, you were throwing it on first and second down with some success. But that right there, 14 points to the Chiefs. And that end of the two minutes, the first half, beginning of the two minutes, the second half. Chiefs are the better team overall. But when you're on the road – you're the clear underdog, the clear inferior team. You might need to throw there. And if you're the Packers, you go for fourth and one at midfield because you stink compared to the 49ers. Your team was only good in the first quarter all year. You need the lead, and you cannot play from behind against the 49ers because they just come at you and they sit back in coverage, and there's not much you can do. So the teams that deserve to win won, but there was – a. A couple times that I think the games could have been a little more interesting if the decisions were a little different. What do you think? So we'll start with the, the Packers and kind of go backwards. So I just thought that the Packers came out poorly. in Like all the talk was about we can't start this game slow. We can't start this game the way we did last time. And they came out and were just as bad, really, as last time. So I agree they should have been more aggressive but the fourth there. Fourth and one I, decision. It's zero, zero, I, fourth yeah. and one at midfield. You go I, I for that see, every time, right? I do see the reason. I do see why they punt it. And this is why I – No, but listen, listen, listen. That's what I'm starting to like. (laughs) But, but, but think about it this way. Everyone's saying Jimmy G – can't you know? Can't do Wait, it. But hold on, let's not go to. No, you kick, why you did you see? It, the, why did you see the reasoning for punting it there? Because you're you're pinning the 49ers deep in a situation where everyone's saying, "Hey, they can't drive the length of the field with Jimmy G." It's still early in the game. There's no like. I get it. I'm not saying I agree with. It. I'm just saying I get it. I think the Titans play calling on early downs in not just that punt, what late, but I just thought the Titans threw the ball a little too aggressively. And some people will say, well, they should have done that. They should have been aggressive. I thought the Titans didn't go to Henry enough on certain plays that got them into these third and longs and, and got them into situations where they ended up. Because the Titans, that was the whole thing with the Titans in most of these, in, in these first two playoff games. They didn't really get in a situation where they were like, oh, crap, we got we to gotta think about, you know, making a decision here. You know, they, for the most part, they were ahead of the chains. So, I, like, I get the why the Packers did it. I would have gone for it, but I get it. Just because, you know, okay, make Jimmy G show it. And they sh- they didn't need to show it. They just ran the ball straight down the throat. Which, I mean, I don't think it's a matter of matchup with them. I, I think this 49ers team is just a monstrous team running the football. And it's kind- and that now that it just sets up, like, the Titans except with a better defense. This isn't even 
hindsight or Monday morning quarterback. Listen, I remember when you had the 49ers, I told you, I'm not betting the Packers. And I said, here's the formula for the Packers to win, right? And I said, everything has to go right. And I said, their first quarter offense or scripted plays, right? That's number one. The entire year, the only way they beat anybody, go to the Redskins games, they get up in the first quarter, right? They get up and they hold on for dear life. So that's number one. Their offense is only good in the first quarter. Number two, they need to force Jimmy G into, into turnovers. He's a 2.8% interception rate. It's horrible. 26 in the NFL. Rodgers is 0.7. By punting it there, you're taking out your drive. You're taking out the potential lead, and you take out Jimmy G throwing the ball. And you're a road underdog. You have to play aggressively. Like, to sit there and say, if you're on the, on the side of the fence of maybe, if you're, like, equal or you think that you're better, maybe you punt it. But, I mean, that is how you live. That's your, that's your identity all year. The Packers were an overachieving team that relied on turnovers and getting a lead and holding on. No, I get you. But that was like my script going in. I just want to say that, not after the fact. <laughs> like, if you just look at it, they punted the ball. San Francisco got it at the 11. Like, what are the higher odds of San Francisco scoring? Like, them from the 11 or the Packers now having to convert on fourth and one, which is really fourth and like one and a half. It was a long one. And, and then still, like, they could have just got stopped again. Like, what, I feel like the odds probably aren't too different. So, like, I don't hate it there in, the, in, in you know, that early in the game. But – they, like, they couldn't stop the run, so it ended up not mattering. The 49ers could run it. They didn't make Jimmy G throw it. Like, right. And you're also assuming that the 49ers start at the 10. They could return it to the 30. It could be a touchback. They could shank the punt. They okay, 80 punted, yards. What I'm, yeah. They punted it 20 yards and gave the 49ers a touchdown later in the game. You also get the first down, like the Titans did on the road when they went for it, and then score a touchdown. And the How do you think that's – When you're the Packers and you do that, you're not facing Patrick Mahomes. You're facing Eli Manning. So how do you think that plays into – because obviously, you know, the 49ers didn't face the best coaching in the, in, in the championship game. I think the Vikings were just outmatched more than poorly coached, and their quarterback just wasn't built to kind of challenge. Because, like, Rodgers got some plays down the field in the second half that they probably should have tried earlier. But um, that's besides the point. How do you think that factors in? You know, Andy Reid has shown to be conservative at times. Um, how do you think the coaching matchup factors in here? Because you have two coaches that kind of like Shanahan's notorious for blowing one weight uh, in that Super Bowl, but ever since he's been run heavy. And then you have Reed known for getting too conservative when he's up. So how do you think this coaching matchup kind of plays into the, to the spread? Yeah, you're going to hear about the Reed off the bye, which is a valid thing. It's one of the most profitable coaches off of a bye. So we'll have to break all that down in the Super Bowl and blah, blah, blah. By the way, I do have to mention this for the Titans backers. The, the PI, kind of bullshit. Shouldn't have called that. And Chiefs would have won regardless. But I think it took away a shot at the Titans having to drive the field for the cover. That's all I'll say about it. But it didn't affect the outcome of the game. But back to your point, yeah, I think the coaching will be a factor. Reed off of a bye has been profitable, has cooked up new things. But Shanahan off of a bye, we don't have a big sample size, but we do know what he does do is draw up very unique running schemes, pre-snap motion, play action. And that's the weakness of the Chiefs defense. So – I don't know. I feel like it's almost a wash at this point. Um, I don't know if there's anything that the Chiefs defense can do from a run defense perspective, especially given the fact that the 49ers are going to come out there with new looks and new schemes and new motion. And the Chiefs run defense just stinks. Look at it player by player. We talked about it all year. Player by player. They could sell out on it, but and they're, they're terrible at guarding tight ends too, and they're facing Kittle. So we'll see. I think both coaches – We'll have some things drawn up that the other defense hasn't seen. 
So I don't think that the bye week is going to be a huge advantage to other team. I think it's going to be a big disadvantage to both defenses, but I don't think it's going to decide the game either way. What, why, what are your thoughts? The read off of bye is just because, you know, there's still a limited sample size and he's just so much better than almost every coach in the NFL, period. And so, but in this situation, like, yeah, Kyle Shanahan is essentially capable of the same things Andy Reid is. And, on, and Robert Sala, I mean, with what he's working with, and I think Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator of the Chiefs, has actually been... If, if you're if you're taking out Robert Sala maybe and, and he's working with more talent like I think Spagnola deserves a lot of praise as like the best defensive coordinator this year given what he's working with and what he's kind of been able to kind of do and shift at one point they're playing single high at one point they're playing split safety at one point they're playing man at one point they're playing zone like so yeah I don't think that, I think the coaching matchup is a wash and that's again that's why I keep coming back to this is a coin flip game everything just kind of lines up to where you know it, it's a wash I don't you know there's not going to be a weather effect or anything like that the Chiefs run defense is the weakest but their pass offense is the strongest and we know pass offense is the most important thing but the 49ers are still very good because of their concept so overall it, it's it's a very close game I, I would probably like if, if I was giving somebody advice to bet this game right now I would just say take the points with whatever t- this is that kind of game where it's, it's a take the points game you know if the Chiefs end up closing as an underdog I think you take the Chiefs uh, looks like the 49ers probably will close as an underdog. Um, the market has been a little under rating the 49ers more so than the Chiefs. So the Chiefs have been the most profitable team against the spread this year. They're 12-5-1. and one. The 49ers are 11-6-1. But the 49ers are covering by about 6.9 uh, points a game. And the, the Chiefs are covering by about 4.6. So, you know, there's been a little bit of an edge with the 49ers from, from the straight-up margin of victory. But both of these teams have been extremely profitable to bet. It's a coin flip, and any edges maybe since we kind of both agree that this is a close spread, any edges as far as either the total or maybe like a first half, first quarter, anything like that? No, I mean, we're going to get it. We're going to have a whole Super Bowl episode. I'm telling you right now I'm leaning Chiefs, but I don't want to throw out like a full lean or a bet without going into it all and after today and being emotional. And that's basically what I'm – what I want this episode to be about is that we're going to have props. We're going to have every prop you can imagine. We're going to have matchups. We're going to spend the next two weeks looking at this game. And this line isn't sitting at six and a half, maybe going to go to seven or seven and a half, right? Where there's some urgency. That's not this line. This line is picked to one and a half. And if it does get to three, listen, people that are listening to this podcast aren't betting a million dollars, which if you want, you can go out there and find a way to bid a million dollars in the Super Bowl. And if the line gets a three, you might have someone go out there and bet a million dollars on it, and it will last for maybe two seconds. So my point is, to most casual bettors, some that are a little more sophisticated than casual bettors, there's not going to be a, a three that persists, right, without a major injury or something that I, I don't foresee. So we have time. There's a trillion college basketball games between now and the Super Bowl. There's a trillion NBA teams that will quit in the second half between now and the Super Bowl. There are 13 shootouts that will happen between now and the Super Bowl. There's the Australian Open. There's so many things that you can bet on between now and the Super Bowl, and they're not going to cross a key number. And you can bet all of the props. We're going to have all of that. I'm going to be up in the office. You going to be there? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I'll be up there with Raybon. We'll record some stuff up there live during the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I should just mention everybody. So this episode, reacting to the games, reacting to the initial uh, opening lines of the Super Bowl. Uh, and then we will come to you January 30th with our full Super Bowl breakdown. We'll have Sean Corner will be on. He'll break down some of his favorite props. We'll talk spread over under, everything you need to know. In the meantime... 
We'll have our Fantasy Flex Pro Bowl episode, which will cover betting on the Pro Bowl, betting props on the Pro Bowl, playing DFS on the Pro Bowl, and it'll be Friedman Corner and I with a special appearance from the odds maker, Sean Corner's dad, who is a fantasy betting OG, odds making OG. So be sure to check that. But just wanted to clarify that we will be back uh, the week after with our full Super Bowl breakdown. So we have some time to really take everything in uh, and get you situated as far as the best bets for the side, the total, the props, and everything else. We're going to record next Wednesday, as we always do. You're up by four points, by the way. I think we're going to have a max of five points. I, I think you won the season long contest. Okay. Yeah. I'm about to say, like, I don't really, I, this is like, we have like one spread and one total now. There's not yeah, really, I mean, we could do, we're we're do a special. Do, just yeah, to let people okay. know, uh, we're going to send, I think, a side and a total to our producer and a prop. So if we have either the same side, because we can't like talk about it, can't just take the opposite. We actually want to talk about the sides and totals that we like. So we'll send a side, a total, and a prop to our producer. If we have any one of the same, you win. If not, I have to win all three and you have to lose all three for me to win. And because we don't want collusion, even though we wouldn't do that, we still will have our favorite side total and prop on that episode next week. And we will break down other props galore. I mean, we're going to spend the next 10 days doing that. So we'll record on Wednesday. It'll come out on Thursday. I'll just end with this because I, I do want to get your thoughts on this. Ready? So Richard Sherman, who I respect and love watching, and he got burnt and he really pissed me off the other week when he was – preaching to the press about how great he was and how everyone hates him. He made some good points because he said that there are people out there that wanted him to fail, right, early on in his career, and he didn't. So there are people that now look for ways to tear him down. They're like, oh, you play in a zone. You're getting older. You're sitting out there and cover three and cover four now, blah, blah, blah. Right, and he keeps putting up elite numbers. You can look at the number one cornerback in pro football focus is great. Yeah, and look at his touchdowns given up, his interceptions in the playoffs. And I really want your true opinion on this because I'm conflicted on this because I see how great he is. But my favorite athlete of all time, who I used to season tickets to the Ravens for fucking so many years, traveled to real games, is Ed Reed. And I used to go and spotlight that man, like my favorite athlete of all time. Not once in my fucking life did I ever hear him go in a press conference and tell people, this is how great I am. Why do you think I'm not great? He just went out and performed. It's very odd to me that Sherman went on that rant. What, I just so I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I mean, that's always kind of been his thing. Uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that will talk and back it up. I think that the reason he probably did it is, you know, let's remember how bad his defense was last year. If you looked at Sherman's numbers, it, no one threw at him, and he was fine, generally. And everyone's kind of, the narrative was kind of, he's done, he's too slow, this, that, a third. So I think he just kind of wanted to set that straight. And I think he actually revels in the spotlight. Now, yeah, he got beat by Devontae Adams. I, I think there was, he was expecting help from Tart because Tart did, like, bite to the inside before – recovering I don't know exactly what blame goes to who but I think that Sherman he's a guy where if he talks I you still kind of expect him to back it up now that being said I mean but isn't I, I, Sherman he can't, he can't cover Tyreek Hill one-on-one but isn't Sherman a wide receiver in his mindset so wide receiver greats do that you know what I mean name another hall of fame which Sherman is name another hall of fame defender that does that it goes out and says look at me look at what I've done Deion That's Sanders? the oddest thing to me. Deion right? Sanders? Nah, I mean Deion Sanders was the talk. He was he talked a ton. Of, he was prime time. Deion yeah, Sanders. He high stepped. He he high stepped to the end zone. He talked on the field, off of it. But everyone knew how great Deion Sanders. This is why I'm conflicted. People 
did try to tear down Sherman. But it's just weird to me that Sherman, he still has his chip, which I guess is a good thing and why he's still performing. But yeah, I found, I found it odd that he still had to say, all you hate still are still hating on me. And like, but I guess people still do. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Sherman well, has proved himself by now. But you also got to remember, like Ed Reed didn't necessarily have the like. So like when Sherman, you know, kind of yeah, was yelling after the Crabtree thing, and right, so. he, he got villainized. You know, so I think that's part of it. It's just me. It's more media narrative than anything. Like I think even when he made a really good play, then he was like yelling at Aaron Andrews, and the media was like villainizing him, and he was like, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like one of those things where I think. He's just trying to set the record straight. But you could say, like, like again, you could say, okay, but who's doing what Sherm's doing on the field? No one really, so. No, that's fair. I mean, Ed Reed was a fucking all-star at Miami when Miami was actually respectable. Richard Sermon went to Stanford, right? So, like, Ed Reed never had that, like, all right, I went to Stanford. People don't really know where I came from and doubted me. So, I get that. Just wanted to get your opinion on it. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got for tonight, man. All right, yeah, let's get out of here again. We'll be with you guys next week, not this week. So next week, we'll drop an episode uh, on the 30th, and that will be our full Super Bowl breakdown. In the meantime, we'll have the Fantasy Flex dropping uh, at its usual time on Wednesday, and that will cover all the angles of betting the Pro Bowl, props for the Pro Bowl, and DFS for the Pro Bowl. This is the Action Network podcast. You can follow Stucky at Stucky2 in the Action Network app. You can follow me at Chris Raybon. Be sure to download the app for real-time odds, live box scores, and the ability to track every bet that you make. You can also follow Stuck and I on Twitter at Stucky2 and at Chris Raybon. Until next time, let's get this one. Go Pal Miles. We're finished talking. <laughs>